first time in the history of baseball. This is November baseball. And the 3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. See ya! A game-winning walk-off home run by Derek Jeter. He is Mr. November. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning. And the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Welcome to the Batter's Box Podcast. I'm Mikey Piceno. And I'm Reese Williams. And this is your weekly insight to everything happening around the world of baseball. Welcome to part two of the National League East breakdown. We got the Phillies and the Mets today. And, you know, let's go to Dr. Mike. Oh, never mind. He wouldn't join us today, nor was he invited because... He doesn't want to talk about the Mets. So, we're going to leave him out. Maybe. He, d- he doesn't like to talk about, in his mind, what... Has been. I somewhat agree with him. A glorified... Did he get sort of a double A or triple A? Or did he go even as far as single A? Minor league team. You know, I don't know. I, that's a, I think we'll have to look back at the footage. Because, I mean, I think he's kind of mixed it up over the years. You know, but fun fact... But he, he they're glorified minor league team, Dan. Well, we're, uh, we're coming to you... We're, this is a Tuesday. We recorded last Tuesday. night, the first half. But you'll be listening to this on Friday. Yes, you will. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be uh, one week... Until Dr. Mike returns to Tampa. Uh-oh. For a little spring training action. So, watch out, Grapefruit League. Not only Dr. Mike, though. He's bringing a guest with him. Hey, Joe's been on the podcast. That's what I'm saying. The listeners are familiar. So, Joe and Mike are going to be trolling around Tampa. They're going to be hitting some spring training games. And maybe I'll catch you again. We'll, we'll see what the schedule looks like. Yeah, I mean, but we'll see. Yeah, some of us have to work and go to school. Yeah, we can't just come down to Florida and uh, live our, yeah. our nice, you know, older lives where we have you know nothing better to do in the world. But dry, wait, hold on, better than do come down to Tampa and, and hang out with the college crowd. Let's let me brush off my predictions here. Wait, All we're right. not getting there yet. We're, let's know. wait. Just gonna get ready. So we're going to start off with the Philadelphia Phillies organization today and their Major League Baseball team. Now, everybody knows I've been high on these guys the last bunch of years. I am still high on these guys. For no reason at all. But I think you want to talk about their offseason. They had to address their bullpen. That was their biggest question mark last year. It was what... Hurt them. Miss, they missed the playoffs by a game. It's been shaky for the past. Actually, I don't know when the last time their bullpen was good. But what I'm saying is people like to write off the Phillies. And you know what? I get it. They haven't won the division. The Braves have dominated this division. But people forget that they were they missed the playoffs by one game last year. Everybody's ready to put the Mets at 96 wins. And we're talking about a team that missed the playoffs by one game with the Phillies. They bring back the pieces they needed to. 
and they add pieces in their bullpen. So let's start with the rotation, though. You got Nola at the one, is expected. You got Wheeler at the two, once again, expected. Eflin made a big name for himself last year on the organization. They love him. He's the three. I think he came in, saw an interview. He's thinking of himself as an ace, so that's the kind of mentality you want to have. The thing is, you have to back it up now. He had starts. He had a ton of starts last year where he looked like it, but... Again, but it was a 50-50, Zach Eflin. You show up one night, you don't show up another. you got to have consistency at the starting pitching position, especially in this division. And to me, you only have two guys you can go out there with and pretty much ask for them. You know what they're going to do. F1's a throw-up. Matt Moore is a huge throw-up, and so is Chase Anderson. I think Matt Matt Moore could be the difference maker. Now, coming off here in Japan, lefty, he had great stuff when he was with the Rays. I think as the four, not a ton of pressure on him. I like the signing. I think it's I gotta okay. tip my hat to, to Sam, Sam Fold and David Dombrowski if I'm affiliated. If it's Matt Moore Tampa Bay, Matt Moore when he was, you know, dealing, okay. But there's a reason he had to go to Japan. And you can't always take Japanese numbers. Again, I I'd have to look up what he did in Japan. But you can't always correlate that back to the MLB. I'm not saying he can't be great, right? I'm just I'm one of those people that, like you said, people are still down the Phillies, you don't understand it. I am because yeah, they barely missed the playoffs the last couple years. That is correct. But they're just not there to me pitching-wise at all. There's the only consistency, like, I mean, bringing in Archie Bradley to what is now be your closer, I think yes. was a great signing. That's exactly one of the positions they need to work on is Hector Neris' struggle. I think, I think but the only two guys I'm going to throw out there and trust on a daily basis are Nolan and Wheeler. I think the big piece when you're talking about the Phillies bullpen and you're looking at just relief pitchers, quote-unquote. Yeah. You got Jose Alvarado, Brendan Kinsler, yep. Tony Watson, Sam Coonrod, and Jojo Romero. And then you got, as the closers, you got Archie Bradley and Hector Neris. I think adding Bradley, you can throw Neris into that mix with Alvarado, Kitzler, and I think that's a lot more of a complete bullpen than what you saw yeah. last year. I feel like Gir- Girardi may have struggled to, and I mean, he admitted it. He struggled sometimes to know who to go to just because it was it was a seesaw some days. But I think the moves they made shore up and the Phillies feel like they're in a better place now than they were last year. With their I bullpen. think they are in a better place, but I think something else I want to touch on here is this is also a bullpen that has been very injury-prone over the last few years. And that's something you have to account for, too. You missed out on, two, I think, all three years or two and a half years of David Robertson yeah. contract. That's what I'm saying. So you lost him, but uh, Neris has had his, you know, struggles here and there. I mean, you got to have – if they can stay healthy, cool, playoff team. But I think the big thing I circle is, well, healthy in that bullpen. And it requires them to bring on a lot of guys from the minor leagues sometimes. And those guys some most of the time aren't ready to go. So I think it's going to be interesting to see because, again, to me you have – I'll say three names who are in that bullpen that you know can get it done for you. I consider an Alvarado, Kinsler, and Bradley. I, I need to see more out of Nares before I can 100% trust him. I'm sure you can understand that. But, again, if one of those guys go down, now you're really struggling because you can't pitch the same relief pitcher every single night of the year. I think, I think when you're talking about this, Bryce Harper said it best. And we said it yesterday when we were recording about yeah. all these teams are going to be very active at the deadline. Exactly. Harper said it best, though, a couple weeks back, I think at the start of spring training. He goes, you don't bring in guys like Dave Dombrowski 
and Sam Fold, and it's not a win now. Like, Dave Dombrowski doesn't come in to rebuild. Like, yeah. he know Dombrowski sees, okay, we have Real Muto. We have Bohm, Gregorius, Hoskins, McCutcheon in the last year of his deal, and Bryce Harper to top that list off. Yeah. This is a win now. We don't have three years. We don't have five years. This is a – you know what? The rest of our, our division is competitive. But, hey, we're in that mix. Yeah. And I think – Well, there's – again, like we touched on the other day, though, there's four teams in the mix. Any one of the any one of four out of the five teams in this division can easily win the division this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised – if any of the four teams besides the Marlins yeah. won ninety plus games and and got the and got the like that's the thing like we can go back and forth all we want about who we like more in this division right yeah but we know at the end of the day we're gonna be completely wrong probably with how this division shakes up I mean you know, because there's so much interchangeable stuff that happens and we've seen over the past three years at least of the. Okay, yeah, the Braves have won the division for the past few years, right? But it's not like they've blown the division away sometimes. It's been a back and forth. It's been a back and forth, and then for some reason, Atlanta just gets hot right at the end of the year and takes a jump. I think the big thing but, on this division is it's not a thing like, oh, it's going to be so close like the AL Central or the NL Central because the teams are all bad. Like, no, it's going to cl- be close because, because all teams are good. And they're gonna, every game, like you said in the last episode, is... Every game matters. And the thing is, the fifth team in that division could easily win the AL Central, potentially, the or the NL. You know what I mean? Like, And the fifth team that everybody's saying, like, oh, like, even us, we're saying, oh, we don't see them winning. They could finish third. I wouldn't be surprised if they no, finished third. No, it would not shock me at all. And they made the playoffs last year, like we touched on last episode, in the, in the Marlins. And you they're all, gonna, like you, t- like you said last episode, they're going to play spoiler, and I think they're going to play spoiler a lot. Look at, look at the schedule. Opening mm-hmm. day, April 1st, 3.05. Phillies Braves from Philly, the minute that first pitch is thrown, that that first pitch matters. Like yeah. everybody's like, oh, it's an April game. And I'm sick of hearing that, alright? I don't care what division you're in, because guess what? Oh yeah, I lost a game. You lose a game in April, oh it's just April. What happens when you miss the playoffs by one game or two games? You lose the two games in April. Like you lose a doubleheader, oh it's just April. Well, and I think that's something that, you know, like you touched on the Phillies just missing the playoffs. Who's the one team they've struggled with over the past few years that they shouldn't struggle with? Miami. Miami. And what does that cost them? It's cost them a chance in the playoffs. Because, like you said, they missed the playoffs by one year. Who made the spot last year? Miami. Miami. Because Miami dominated the Phillies last year. And that's something the Phillies have to work on this year. They have to look at what happened with them in the past, erase that, and go, this is a new year, new year guys. What's, the one, what's one of the biggest things we have to face? Winning divisional games. they got to comment, like – if you're the Phillies, especially after you had the struggles last year against the Marlins, you got to come in and you go, every time we play the Marlins, we need to beat down on them. That's the one team you almost have to guarantee you're going to have a series. You win. have to beat down the Marlins. Yes. You have to win the series against the Nats, keep it close against the Mets, and keep it tied or close with the Braves. Yes. Correct. And that's the same thing with any division. The Yankees have to keep it close with the Rays, beat down on the Orioles, and keep it close with the Blue Jays or beat the Blue Jays and keep it close to the Red Sox. They can be said about any division, but in this case of the Phillies and what they've looked like the last couple of years and what they've missed by, that's what they have to do. So let's exactly. run down. Yeah, I was going to say. Catcher. JT Ramito's back. Big signing there. Huge signing. He's now the highest paid catcher in baseball history. He, he was their guy. I, yeah. I didn't. I mean, he's the best catcher in baseball. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. Sign. No, I mean, I think every team had a right to be on him, in on him, but I think the relationship he developed with the players in Philly with the Philly fans, 
from the beginning, I believed he was going to head back. It didn't shock me. I wasn't, I wasn't shocked with the length it may have taken, just because I knew nothing against any team. He was just such a great talent that he was going to explore as many options as he could and get what he's worth because he's a well. See, very that's the, that's player. the thing. I think with him waiting so long, he got the money he wanted, and I think the Phillies just weren't there yet, price wise. Because think about it. it's a, it's an organization. You want to save as much money as you can to get the best players possible, and I think the Phillies were just off it, and by having other teams come in, Romoto goes, okay, I want to stay in Philly, but I'm worth a little more. What can you guys do? And the big thing last year, you talk about saving money, is every team, because of COVID, every team lost a ton of money last year, so, you know, teams, every team had to crunch some numbers, and if you're a Philly fan, you got to be ecstatic that they were able to get JT back and address some other, um, I guess you'd say, like, issues that you guys struggled with last year. First base, you got the return of the kid, Reese Hoskins. I mean, struggled last year. He's he, big time. Yeah, he he's he was hurt over the winter. He's yeah, coming that's, back. That's one of the big pieces I think that struggled the Phillies last year too. Is Reese Hoskins two years ago lit lit up the MLB? Right, he, he had a he, on fire. he he had a really good year, and by him having an off year, that didn't help when he's normally what is your I guess what four hitter or is hard four, three yeah. or four? Yeah, yeah, he's he's at three. He's or right four. in the middle of the lineup. He's right. He's right in the heart of the lineup. And right around that cleanup spot, I mean, he's a power guy you you like, you would like to see healthy but and getting back. But you didn't. Pretty, I would say from what I've read on Twitter, it was a pretty serious injury. I may, I think it may have been Tommy John. I okay. can't confirm. Look that up real quick. But if it was Tommy John, that could definitely affect why he struggled last year. I think if you go and look at, oh, like okay, he's he's healthy now. He feels great in uh, in camp, like. He's looking good. Yeah, out four to six months with Tommy John. September yeah. 12th. So, yeah, at the end of the season, he. so you don't know how long that injury lingered, but if if that was the case, it's there's an explanation, and I think you could see the return of the Reese Hoskins we saw in 2018-19. Oh, yeah, definitely. Moving over to well, second. Yeah, I was going to say moving forward. Second base, you got Gene Segura, mm-hmm. who they brought in to be the shortstop a couple years ago, but you got T.D. Gurris. They tried to play him at third base last year, but then Alec Bohm came, came up. Lit the National League on fire. Was a top tier. Should have probably rookie won. Of the year I agree. Should have probably won rookie of the year in the NL. But I mean, the guy who won it, even in the short distance he was there, actually dominated hitters completely. But I do agree that Bohm should have won NL rookie of the year. Yes, I. He, I think he was kind of snubbed there. But again, your your infield's locked, pretty much. Yeah, Didi at short. Yeah. The only thing I would touch on the infield is this is. They need to see – well, first off, Kingery will still be there, and he can play multiple positions for the team, which is huge. He's in the mix for that center field job right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. However, the big thing they need is Segura to step up. They brought him in, hit him in, I think, one or two to start the year when they originally brought him in, and he just hasn't been the same self. He Over the past two – since he's gotten to Philly, he's not been the guy that in Seattle hit – over 300 and had over 20 bombs and almost 100 RBIs and over 100 runs. Like He's not that same guy. They need to get him back because if you compare that with how well Dee played last year in Philly, you have a, you got to keep a healthy McCutcheon all year that can hit. A quarter, and then you have Bryce Harper. If Reese Hoskins can get back to form, JT Romuto can beat JT Romuto. That's why, that's that's why every thing. year I've gone in and I've looked at this team on paper and I'm like, yeah. Like, and now the, uh, especially the last two years with the addition of Didi, and now you have Alec Bohm. Like this, this team on paper is fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's good. 
I think, I'm not going to say it's absolutely fantastic. I think there's better teams in the league on paper. I think the only question mark, and it's been all it's over social question. media, all over MLB Network, is who gets the center field job. He was looking at a – originally it came as like a three-person race between the three guys who split the time last year, Scott Kingery, Adam Hazley, and Roman Quinn. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam Hazley's gone down with an injury now. He's going to be out a couple weeks. Odubel yeah. Herrera – Coming off two years of not playing, coming off a domestic violence incident, but he's lit. They're not Ray Rice play center field. He's he's put spring training on fire. He's played fantastic this spring, and you can't forget about the 2016 first round pick Mickey Moniak. And uh, he's been playing think, well this spring. He's on the depth chart. I think it's a little early for Moniak to be in the. Maybe he makes the show as a backup. If not, he'll definitely be playing AAA ball. I think. However, if I'm gonna choose a guy right now to start center field for the year. Let's be honest. It, it'll most likely be Roman Quinn or Adam Hazley. If we know well, Girardi, Hazley's not going to be. I don't think Hazley's going to be ready for opening. He day. shows day to day right now. It's a. I thought the reports said four weeks. Right this second, according to this, is day to day. Okay. So uh, that's what that's what I'm looking at. According to this depth chart, he's day to day, just like it says Romuto's day to day. But we know Romuto's not going to play until potentially opening day because he broke his thumb. Yeah, I saw the report yesterday. He got the cast off. Yeah, so he's, that's he's huge. in a like a sling. But like, yeah, if or, we think about Joe Girardi. Right, as a manager. What does he normally put in center field? Quick defense. Quick defense. So who does that relate to? Adam Hazley, Roman Quinn. I love that O'Double stepped up with the bat and he's back after that whole situation. Correct? I think I think the biggest thing, you're talking about Hazley, uh, Kingery, and Quinn, is Kingery's like, he's got the bat. He can swing it. He's quick. I think just the lack of experience in center field is what's going to – well, there's well, not really a lack in experience in center field for Hazley. He played it in college. Not Hazley. Kingery. Yeah. Kingery's the guy. Like I don't see I think what they're what's gonna happen with Kingery is, is he's gonna be the, the backup infielder. Backup infielder. He can he get, it's it only the, it shows him in second, third, but that's huge. Say Segura struggles or Bohm has a, a kind of a sophomore slump. If Kingery's batting well, he can, you know. You know, get going, and that's huge to have. Yeah. So, you know, let's move on. We'll get over to the, the Mets. This and is I'll, the team that – this is this is the billion-dollar team. This is the billion-dollar team. This let's is, just get This is right. the team that for years we've said, oh, they look great on paper. They always look great. They look great on paper. And then they always just underperform so, so poorly. So poorly. Let's start with the rotation. Yeah, so first off, you're going to have Jacob DeGrom. Best pitcher in baseball. Best pitcher in baseball at the one. You're going to have Carlos Carrasco at the two right now, which, of course, came in over a trade in the Lindor trade, which we'll touch on later this team. Third's Marcus Stroman. Fourth, they brought in Taiwan Walker on a short deal, who's, you know, been iffy over the few years. I mean, that's, that's rough. And then fifth, David Peterson, of course, Everyone's probably thinking right now, where's Syndergaard? Well, Syndergaard's not going to start the year on the Mets, but when they bring him back, that's going to be massive. I think the rotation is complete with him. I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, David Peterson. And- I don't I don't mind the one, two, three right now, but you add Syndergaard, and that means Stroman goes down to your four? Yeah. You're asking Marcus Stroman to be a four. When he, we, a couple years ago, he was the ace on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. I don't think it's something that is completely out of the question of this team winning 95 games like the projection has them at. But I think they just they got to figure it out with yeah. Stroman. And 
this it's not even the pitching. He's got to keep the bats going once once he comes back and once the year gets going. Yeah, moving. Yeah. You, they can't. They always they have a, such a bad habit of starting the year hot, making it to mid May, and then they just collapse. And especially with the division this year, it's been the same in past years. You cannot collapse for two, three weeks, month. Like if you collapse for a month, no. you're done. Like pack it in, boys. We'll see you. We'll see you in uh, next February. Yeah. Moving over to the bullpen, though. Of course, there's names. So Seth Lugo, Trevor May, Jure Familia, Aaron Loop, Dylan Patances, Edwin Diaz. Now the names are there. But the production is struggling. Again, another guy who was in Seattle that has struggled since moving teams, Edwin Diaz. I think Familia, too, is a big question mark. He was their closer a couple years back. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. I just haven't seen But anything. I think the thing is they brought in Diaz, and so I think Familia kind of lost some of his confidence. He was the closer. He did well. But when you bring in a guy that had 60 saves a year before, and you just go, okay, he, he's now our closer. Yeah. You lose some confidence there, and I think that's what Familia's got to get back. But – they're going to have a healthy Dylan Batances this year, Correct. who, of course, has struggled with injury. We saw what he can do when he was healthy with the Yankees. He's really he, he's, he's, he's lights good. out. He's, he's he good. walks a yeah. lot of guys. That could, yeah. be his, that that, could that's hurt his, him. That's always what's killed him. But out. you still look at Seth Lugo as a good guy who's probably going to be your six in a rotation. I or was a surprised looking at this that he wasn't the pencil in five. Because it's for yeah. a couple – it's a month, two months – Couple weeks, six weeks. I would, I would have even liked to see actually Lugo as a four and put Taiwan Walker to the five, I, just because Taiwan Walker is a little bit some you can't trust as much. But I agree, and of course, a big name where I'm talking about here that they lost in um, Stephen Matz. That was huge. They traded him too. They was, traded that was by him choice. choice. That was by choice. So they didn't see that they kept Lugo, which again he's a great long reliever. Probably will be the five or the six at some point this year, and then Trevor May, who again is, is a name. He's done well in the past. Again, it's a, it's a team that has the names in the rotation and bullpen, but can they stay cons- can they get back to the forms of what they made their name from? Now, moving over to the, the field here, their infield outfield. Mechanic catcher. I like the pickup, but Tomas Nito was he was solid last year. Like I get okay, James McCann's a great catcher. He, he's he was an all-star 2 years ago with the White Sox. And you know the only reason he lost his job cuz a guy by the name of Yasmani Grandal signed with the White Sox, which you can't, you know, be mad at him for no. losing his job in that instance. No, you can't. But I'm just like, if I'm the Mets, like, they're throwing money. They, they are didn't throwing even, money around. But that was a good deal for James. I know, but I'm just saying, like, yo. It's four years, 40 mil. That's 10 mil a year. That's nothing. All right, but if they want to Bauer that bad, why'd they throw that extra 10 mil at James and make that 40 mil? I don't think they McCann? needed Bauer as much. They needed a catcher. You don't. And they weren't, like you touched on, they probably weren't going to get Real Muto, no matter how much money they threw at him. Correct. Unless they paid him an outrageous amount that you wouldn't offer a catcher, right? Catchers are weird with how they – the years they have. You yes. know, to be consistent to play because there's not a lot of catchers that hit really well. They're, they're mainly defensively. With the guy like Romuto, like, you're going to pay him because he hits one. And that's what you're planning on. James McCann's not a bad hitter. He did struggle some last year. But here's the thing. If you look at his what he did two years ago, if he can get back to that with the Mets – you're looking at the Mets having an all-star catcher. We already saw the Wilson Ramos um, experiment fail. Yes. I think the big question is, does the James McCann experiment fail? I think it's it's the the contract game. If they give him four years, forty million, you said. I believe that's what it was. If it's an experiment, why the hell are you give him four years? They gave Wilson Ramos three or four when they brought him over. I'm pretty sure. That, that's what I want to understand. You well, got a team who's still paying off. Um, Bobby Bonilla, 
They'll yeah. be paying off Bobby Bonilla till the time I'm what? retired. Wait, why are you worrying about what they have to pay? They have a billionaire that just doesn't care. Why are you worried about what they have to spend? Baseball's not a salary cap situation. I, I know. There's a luxury tax, yes, but if, the, if, if Cohen has to dish out the money to go over the luxury tax and then win a World Series, I'm sure he can care less about that. I was trying to look up the James McCann deal to just make sure I was... Uh, no worries. Let's no, I, I just I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah, four-year four contract worth $40 million. But he's, he's 30, right? Okay, so he's not... Like, He'll be 34 at the end of his deal, and I'm... So, like... And I think it's an option for a fit. But I think it's a team option. Let's put this way. This experiment doesn't work out. James McCann might be packing it in four years, and he'll be done. Like, done, done. Oh, yeah. I mean, he'll be 34. I yeah. mean, it's not like he's a Yadi Molina. They can play till he's... 40. 40. He's not like this all-star defensively. He just... He can hit the ball, and he can, you know... First base... Well behind the plate. First base, Pete Alonso. No question marks there. When he's on, he's on. When he's cold, he's... He's, he's a... He's the... Uh, I'm going to consider him the, the stand for the Mets. Not yeah. the injury problem, but he'll hit you 40 to 50 bombs. He'll have over 100 RBIs. It's just his average will be like 230. I think if you know that... And he'll strike out like almost 200 times a year. I think if you know that, it's not a bad thing. So. No, but that's who he is. Yeah, it's just... I, I'm hoping Mets fans aren't going to be like, Oh, P- Pete Alonso... He's not an MVP. Hitting 310, 45 no. bombs. No. He wasn't... I mean, yeah, he was like that maybe in college, but... In college is a different game. But for you'll never I'm telling you this, if you're a Mets fan, never Pete Alonso will probably never be an MVP. But he'll be an all star a lot at first base. I think the only chance he wins MVP is he gets fifty five, sixty bucks. Even then I think he needs to be hitting at least two fifty, two sixty. I mean if you hit fifty bombs, I think you're gonna hit two fifty. We've seen Chris Davis. I don't want to. Fair enough. <laughs> There's a guy named Chris Davis who had like what sixty, and he had like a two thirty average. Yeah. All right. Going over to second base though, Jeff McNeil, which I find kind of interesting because I see him more as a third baseman slash left fielder on the team. However, they have JD Davis at third, and then you're gonna have to round out the infield Francisco Lindor, who's one of the best shortstops in baseball yeah. at shortstop. But the one thing I think that people forget about and people somewhat sleep on, so there's no Cano this year. He's suspended He's again. He's suspended because of steroids. He just punched his ticket. Yeah. And like People can be like, oh, like A-Rod got plus twice. You, you, like, you get onto the Mets for dishing out that money to James McCann. I'm not saying. They don't have to pay $25 million to Robinson Cano this year. I know. That's, that's, okay, that's, that's fair. They, they saved $25 million because Cano's not playing. Now that money will come up next year, but watch them restructure the deal. I think talking about Cano, like everybody's like, okay, Arod. I think Arod got busted twice too. But difference between Arod and Cano, about fifteen hundred hits, a lot of home run difference, uh, a lot of home runs. But you watch, looking at guys right now like Barry Bonds, last year of eligibility, next year in the Hall of Fame, may not get in. Arod starts his eligibility next year. Mm-hmm. He, we're gonna have at least three, four years of question marks, depending on what happens I'd, with Bonds. I'd say he'll go long too, depending on what happens with yeah. Bonds. But I think Robinson if Bonds Cano, makes it 10 years, you're probably going to see most steroid guys go at 10. I think if Cano had his career, yeah. no steroids, it could be a conversation maybe year 10. Yeah. With, with one year of steroids, oh, okay, definitely going 10. Two busts, goodbye. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you've played 15, 20 years, have 3,000 hits, 582 home runs. Yeah. Two, two positive tests. Yeah, the big thing, though, yeah, Cano's not there, but... Another thing I think people forget is they signed Jonathan Vola. 
to be the backup second, third baseman, shortstop, and, a, and he can play center field and left field. And he did. He played center field with the Marlins last year. They signed two guys to back up that are, were everyday starters the last five years, four or five years. Yeah. VR and Kevin Pillar. And not only that, they also signed Albert Elmore Jr., who's been a platoon guy for the Cubs, who in his stunts has shown out. But, I mean, if you're, we're looking at the rest of the team here, they're going to, since you touched on backup outfielders, they're going to have Dominic Smith right now on left, which I like him a little bit more as a first baseman. But, of course, Pete's there, so you can't really do that. And then you're going to have Nemo in center, who, again, great defensively. If he get the back going and live up to his first-round potential, cool. And Conforto in right. Doesn't shock me with center field and right field. What I'd actually like to see probably say, uh, is what well, I was saying, what I'd probably like to see with this team, to be honest, is put VR starting at second base. McNeil on left. Well, oh, actually, take that back. If they're playing AL teams, right, where DHs are allowed, yes. you move VR to second, McNeil to left, Dominic Smith to first, and Pete DH, because you, Pete's okay defense. He's, he's good defensively, he's not great. He, he does a good job at first. But you're t- that AL lineup against AL teams looks a lot better than me they're in a My question mark is how short does a leash on somebody like Dominic Smith? I don't think there is that short of a leash because I think a lot of people, and I mean, if you're a Mets fan, a lot of people see him as a very good first baseman. Yeah, but he's not that, playing first base. No, but I'm saying I, that's why I don't think there's a short leash. I think the team has a lot of trust in him, so they want to put him somewhere where they think he'll work. And you're not going to take Conforto out of right, and you're not going to take Nimmo out of center. Now, if they would have landed George Springer, right? I think he would. Which was toxic. You would have had, huh? I think Dominic Smith would have. I don't think Dominic Smith would have been traded. Actually, I think they would have kept him as a backup first, you know, third baseman potentially, or or first backup outfielder. I don't think they would have signed Kevin Pillar. Well, yeah, Uh, but But they could have then put Springer in center, Nimmo in left. I think my the reason I bring up the leash question is because. You don't bring in guys like Jonathan VR and Kevin Pillar to sit on the bench six out of every seven days or every 13 out of every 14 days. Well, here's the thing, though. So, yes, Pillar and, and Villar and Almore can play center, but the guys that are backing up Dominic Smith in left field are already starters outside of Jonathan Villar, right? I know. I'm just I, think, I, think, I think they completely have trust in Dominic Smith to be their everyday left fielder. But it's not like he's going to be, again, like I say every day off field, but it's not like he's going to start every game. He's not going to be a, a Pete Alonso for him. He's not going to be a Jeff McNeil. He's not going to be a James McCain. A Lind- oh, I was, should have said Lindor. Lindor will probably start almost every game at shortstop. But, I mean, it's a team that, again, they always look good on paper, but they have, I think, depth now to back it up. And if the names in the bullpen and starting rotation get going, you get Syndergaard back. This team's scared. Yeah, I, mean, I think the biggest thing relies on when Syndergaard comes back. Because I think they have the options, but Actually, that rotation becomes a whole new level of scary when Syndergaard comes back. Uh, June return is what he's on. So same thing as Severino, like the Yankees. That's a that's good. Especially in a long season, that's good. Let's get to fan graphs. And it's, and it's an eye. So it's not like he's, he's rehabbing an eye. Oh. So it's not even a mechanical thing. So he's going to be ready to go mechanically. He just has to have a sight down. That's okay. what it says here, according to MLB.com. So, so. it could come... Re- re- door rehabbing. Go back to the thing. Was I wrong on that? Go back to the... the oh, no. Tommy John. Hold on. Yeah. Is go, it, okay. Go back. 
One. I'll read you the. I'll, I'll read the headline. Noah Syndergaard rehabbing with an eye on a junior okay, tournament. I'm, a, I'm stupid. Never mind. So this listen, it's Tommy, been a long day. I had school all day. Okay. He's coming back. Come back from Tommy June. John, but still, right? Like that's a big piece to get back. It was in a, a long season. It, it says here, he's he's already 11 months removed. I think we could see him in April. Uh, It'll April. be a year and a half by the time. About a year and a half by the time June. I think we'll see him at the end of May. Especially, uh, I still think June. I think they'll play it safe. If, the Met, if they can make a, if they're in the playoff picture, if they're winning, June. Yeah. If they're not winning, they gotta pick it up May. Yeah. All right, let's get to fan graphs. What they gotta say? Their prediction of the division. We'll start with. Where is the numbers? Right here. here we go. Okay. No, right here. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, here we go. You get the Met. They project the Mets winning 92 games, 70 losses. The Braves finishing second, 89. The Nats in third at 83. The Phillies in fourth at 81 wins. And the Marlins in fifth at 73. Now, I have to crunch some numbers again because I was just pulling numbers off the top of my head. I'm sure you, they weren't good numbers at all either comparing to what you talk about this division for. I'll let you start it there with who you have because I'm going to ridicule yours and you're going to ridicule mine. I already know it. What do you got? All right. Oh, you're. I see. I'm not putting win totals. I'm just. I was just thinking off the top of my head of how this would shake out because this, like we said, I have the division. Just writing it down off the top of my head, not really doing anything more into it. The top four teams are separated by by eight games. I the top, we said it was going to be five. What? Last episode. The top three, I have finishing within four games. Okay. I think just the separation could come at the end of the year, like the last. It's gonna, well, the division games are going to matter, Tom. So, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in the bandwagon. Give me the Phillies. I think they might win like 91 games. I think Phillies in Push first, it. Braves in second, Nats in third, Mets in fourth. Because I don't want to talk about the Mets and the Marlins in fifth. I don't even want to talk about the Phillies being in first. They can't even beat the Marlins. Beat the Marlins first, then consider winning a division. You can't even that's, beat the Braves at the top of the time unless it's the first opening weekend. That's my prediction. I'm sticking okay. with my guns because event. I'm gonna keep sticking with my guns because eventually I'm gonna be right. Eventually you're gonna be right, but I don't think you'll be right this year. I give it a couple years. The Braves will be in the playoff picture. I'm not. Th- yeah. They're no. They're going no lower than two in my eyes. Okay. For me, I'm gonna take Braves one. I put them lower in the past, and they still win the division. Good. I think maybe, I put them. Maybe you'll jinx them this year. No. Well, I put them first last year, and they ended up winning. Oh, again. Shit. I put them first two of the three. Uh, two of the three years. The only year I didn't was the year the Nationals won the World Series, and I had them finishing third in the division. That's the only year I didn't have them winning. But I'm going to have the Braves at one. And this is where it's going to shock you a little bit. I know what you're going to do. What do you think I'm going to do? Mets at two. No, I'm going to put the Mets at two. Because oh, I think they have the depth, and I think they're going to – they finally have something to prove. They brought – you bring it – you're not bringing in Francisco Lindor. You're not bringing in Carlos Carrasco. You're not bringing in Jonathan Villar. You're not bringing Kevin Pillar. You're not bringing all these guys to be mediocre again. My big thing with the Mets is I've seen this story for four years. Okay, but this is a different team, and they brought in even more. So they haven't won that much. In the, I don't think. I don't. I'm you're, sorry. You have to think. Years think ago, they went to a world. They went to a World Series. Su- or in, re, more recently than the Phillies have. I don't think Francisco Lindor is gonna. How many games did the Mets win last year? In a 60-game season. Last year, they 26. won 26. They were two games behind the Phillies. Okay, so they won 26 games last year. 
So you're going to talk about that in a projected... They tied for last in the division with the Nats. Okay. But it's two games behind the Phillies. I think they made enough to pass the two games. Plus, again, when I, and I'll get to the Phillies in a second again, but I'm going to have I'm finish my standings. So the Braves at one, Mets at two, Nats at three, Phillies at four, Marlins at five. And here's what I want to touch on with the Phillies and why I have them so low and compared to you having them so high. Injuries, injuries, injuries. The Yankees 2.0. What do they constantly have? Injuries. They, they, I get it spring training right now, but JT's hurt. It was a freak accident, but he's hurt. We'll see how he bounces back. He should be bouncing back fine. There's huge questions on the starting rotation and bullpen outside of Nola and Wheeler. And I can't 100% trust Archie Bradley yet until I see how he does this year. We don't know, you know, how Hoskins is going to bounce back. Segura struggled. I mean, we're, we're trusting the whole team to be relied upon. Wheeler, Nola, and then we'll, we'll pretty much say mainly Harper with the bat. I want to say that you're going to talk about like I think I think the Phillies are too overhyped because of Bryce Harper. I think if you're going to talk about injuries, though, if you want any manager – to manage a team with injuries. Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi's done it. So, like... I'm not saying I he mean, hasn't. I'm just... I'm sitting, from my point of view, the fact of I think the Mets are better on paper. I think they have the p- better pitching. I think they have a better lineup. I are I close think, to a, the same lineup. Lindor's on the same MLB spectrum that Bryce Harper is. Like I said, I'm sticking yeah. my guns. No, because, I know. Because eventually, yeah. I'm going to be right. Exactly. And it could be this year. I'm, from my point of view, though... I just I, I see the Phillies finishing fourth, and I think another big thing to me that is they can't beat the Marlins. Yeah, but like we said, Don Mattingly has their Don Mattingly has Joe Girardi's number just serve and go. Guess what, buddy? You can't beat me, and you never will because you know why? Derek Jeter owns our team. The the they they struggled against the Marlins last year, but like like I said with well, and I just wrote down the numbers off the top yeah. of my head. Like fan does Fangraphs have it? Fangraphs has it split by eleven games. I think there's gonna be those top three four teams. Could be separated by between five, like we said last episode, between five and eight games. I think this I'm is trying eight. to think of numbers. I'm going to go. This is anybody's division yeah. until the last week of the season. I'm probably going to go Braves 94 wins. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. I'll go. Well, no, take that back. I'll go Braves 93, Mets 89. Nats 87, Phillies 84, 85, and then the Marlins will be. I think it'll be super close two to three. However, I will say this. I'm not putting my money on the second or one of the wildcard teams coming out of the East just yet. Really? The only reason I say that is, is the NL Central is very weak, and I believe two teams could run away in that division. And you know the Dodgers and Padres are getting one of the wild cards. Yeah, I think the Padres... It's going to be between the second-place team in the Central and the second-place team in the East to the second wild card because you know the first wild card spots go into the Padres or Dodgers at this point. On paper, that's... Yes. That's what... I mean, I'm sure you think the same way I did at this point. So, I mean, do you have anything else? Um, No, I mean, I think that's it. I mean, baseball's right around... I mean, opening days. You know, less than a month away. Less than a month away yeah. at this point. I mean, We're that's huge. But twenty-one days or so. Yeah, spring days? training has looked great so far. Yeah, it's fun. from what I could tell. I mean, hey, it's back. Can't Tickets are expensive. But the Rockies yeah. announced today that forty-two percent or forty something, forty something percent capacity. So twenty-one thousand fans. 
They have a large stadium though, so it doesn't. And it's open air. Yeah, that too. But Plus, it's the it's it's the mountains, you know, nice thin air. You know. COVID can't travel. Yeah, COVID can't travel too well. The ball can travel, but the COVID can't. Yeah. All right, so that we don't got anything else. Next week, we're gonna bring you the AL Central. So that's gonna wrap up this week's episode of Batters Box Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. If you want to tell us we're idiots and you want to give us your predictions, just like Mikey's an idiot for having the Phillies finishing it first. You want to you want to tell us anything. Come talk to us on social media. Find us on Twitter at Batters underscore Box Pod. On Facebook, we're the Batters Box Podcast. And on Instagram, at Batters Box Podcast. Once again, thank you all for listening. Have a good one.